been on a lot of stages, but never like this. Um, my path to self-love started about nine years ago. My marriage of 12 years was disintegrating, and it was a counselor that had called me out. He said I was codependent. I didn't know what that meant, so I went to Google, and I found Codependent No More, a book by Melody Beattie. And as I previewed the book, sitting there in the office, everyone was out to lunch, and began to read the story, it was as if the author was in my home the night before. Tears had started streaming down my face, and I knew at that point something had to change. I didn't know what. I didn't know what would happen, but I knew I couldn't turn back. At that point, I started reading everything I could get my hands on about codependency and learn more about it. And I knew that here I'm married. My marriage is hanging by a thread, and I have a daughter. The legacy that had been left to me was codependency. My father was abusive. My mother was a child of an alcoholic. And at 10 years old, they divorced. My, I was 10, not them. Um, and at 12, uh, my father went to prison. I remember getting picked up from a slumber party. We were supposed to go to his house that weekend. And my aunt picked me up and said, you're not going to your dad's. You're going to go home. And I was confused. Walked in to my older brother, bawling his eyes out. And my mom was pissed. Of course she was pissed. Her children were now breaking, and she couldn't do anything about it. The um, result of living that life as a child was there was no love for me, I felt, in myself. Um, I was a performer. I danced throughout my whole childhood, and so for me, being on the stage fed me. It gave me the attention I needed. It gave me the, the, um, the love from the audience and made me feel better. But there was also a dark side to that. Competition, performance, show up, be your best, be perfect. So it was only natural when the circus rolled into town at 18. I didn't want to go to college. I hated school, really. I didn't like studying. I had no motivation. I was the child, the first latchkey kid generation. My mom was working all the time, and I really didn't have a lot of drive. And I didn't like sitting still in class. I was an adventurist, wanted to get out and explore and do fun things and party, like, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. So when the circus came into town, I said, hey, that sounds like fun. I'm going to go do that. And I did. I chased a dream of becoming a, famous, or a professional dancer, had my taste of fame, rode elephants, twirled on a rope, had to learn that, didn't know how to do that. They taught me, almost moved me to another show because I couldn't do it right away. Danced in big costumes and glitter and glam and makeup every night. Thousands of people waving, smiling. I was center ring on top of that elephant. But there was a dark side, too. Within a few weeks of arriving to the show, as we were putting it together, they took all the showgirls and lined them up 
in a single file line, leotards and tights, as two men sat at the end, one with a clipboard, the other reading the number on the bathroom scale. One by one, we stepped on the scale. And as he looked me up and down, and I weighed in at 130 at 5'7", perfect weight, really, he said, can you lose five more pounds? I said, uh-huh, because I was 18. I had no idea. So my show weight was set. If you weren't at your show weight, first you were fined, then you were docked, and then you were fired. I did okay. I actually got sick halfway through the year um, because I had been looking for love in all the wrong places and always outside myself. I slept with a lot of guys, many of them much older than me. One of them, I don't know which one, gave me a virus that put me in the hospital, hepatitis. It was a choice and a decision that I made that I'm still paying for to this day. So when I got sick, I hit my show weight. I was there. They sent me home for a few weeks. I came back, continued on. But I knew I didn't want to stick with the show. I knew that it wasn't a life I wanted to continue. It was fun. My moment of fame and lots more stories than I can tell you here. You can buy the book someday. Um, But at some point I said I was out and I didn't re-sign my contract. And that's when they decided... Or actually, that's when I learned the first rule in corporate. Where can you cut? Where can you cut the budget? So, I didn't hit my show weight. Inflammation had kicked in, I believe, from my illness. My weight started creeping up. I started running stairs in rubber pants, eating toast, and drinking diuretic tea. They said, you can't come back until the next show the next town, come back and we'll weigh you in. I said, okay. I lived on toast for several days, like I said, in diuretic tea, and I went back and I said, I'm back. I'm ready. Weigh me in. I know I'm there. No. Here's your pink slip. Literally, it was a pink slip. You have 24 hours to get off the train in the middle of Iowa. So I flew home, and from that point on, I uh, reiterated the fact that I wasn't good enough, that I was too fat, and started down the path of chronic dieting. My lack of self-love continued through my 20s, drinking, partying. I was told never to drink, didn't listen, and continued on until one day, my knight in shining armor showed up in an ambulance I had passed out doing the cabbage soup diet. And yeah, this was my knight in shining armor. He was going to save me, take me away. <laughs> right? So I married him. He did ask me to marry him, and I said yes. Because at that point, I was 27, and the clock was ticking. And my next dream, I had already accomplished my first dream, be a professional dancer. My next dream was be a stay-at-home mom, have a baby. So I did that, and now we're back. I'm codependent. Twelve years in, finding hidden bottles in the garage, 
in the workbench, all different areas. And the night that I found the bottle that he hadn't, wasn't supposed to be drinking, and I knew he was, and my daughter walked in behind me, and she said, Mommy, what's wrong? Is Daddy drinking again? I said, don't worry about it, baby. Let's go see the puppy next door. And as we came inside later that night, I said, hey, baby, do me a favor. Don't say anything to Daddy about me finding the bottle, okay? I'll take care of it. And in that moment, I stopped in my tracks. It was like I was hit by a two-by-four. What the fuck are you doing? You're teaching your daughter codependency. You're modeling to her codependency. So the thread we were hanging on that night snapped, and that was the day I decided to own my story. I knew I needed to love myself. Brene Brown says, loving ourselves through the process of owning our story is the bravest thing we'll ever do. I didn't necessarily do it for me completely. I did it for her. I couldn't pass on that legacy of codependency. I needed to change the legacy. I needed to set a new direction. So I started down the path and started learning how to love myself bit by bit, learned how to set boundaries. And as I did this, I taught it to her. I reiterated to her what boundaries look like. When she would come home and tell me of stories at school, I would coach her through how to love herself through that. Even now, now I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. Well, let me back up a minute because our stories are never linear. Sometimes we start to walk and we start to run and then we trip and we fall flat on our face. And so when I divorced within a year, I took the pendulum on this end and I swung it all the way over here and I remarried and I found myself in another destructive relationship and this time my daughter was witnessing it again. Now what? This time there was fighting. There wasn't fighting in the first relationship. It was all just being nice and peaceful, quiet. This time there were screaming, yelling, slamming of doors, throwing of objects. And there came a day when the arguments ensued, even escalated, and I needed to leave. And I started to leave, and he said, you're not leaving. And I said, yes, I am. And I picked up my little dog, my little Yorkie. And he says, you're not taking her. I said, yes, I am. And before I knew it, his hand raised, and he hit her, and she went flying out of my arms, and I was in sheer panic. All I could think of was, I'm next. I grabbed her, ran out to the car, crying, trembling, saying over and over again, I just can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. And the voice of my angel said to me, Mommy, you just keep saying that. In that moment, I had to dig for courage that I'd never had before. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. But I had to get out. I had to fix what I had done. So I left. 
And so in the process of owning my story, I've done the healing. I'm continuing to heal. But the biggest reward is seeing her, is watching her, and knowing that even as we own our stories, there's a ripple effect. Those around us learn from us. They grow from us. Just today, um, we were having a conversation about a boy, right? She's at that age. She's 16. And this boy was um, flirting with her. He was going to ask her out. He says, hey, what do you do next weekend? Are you busy? Or do you want to get, get together? No. Straight up no. No problem. And I laughed, and I said, that's funny. She says, what? It's just funny. And she says, what, Mom? The difference between you and I. At 16, I wouldn't have said no because it would have been attention and love. And she says, yeah, Mom, but you've taught me how to love myself. Now... I'm learning to love myself in new ways. And I'm learning that, like I said, the journey is not linear. It's up and down, inside and out. And this has probably been the hardest year in a long, long time for me. Uh, I lost my stepfather in January of 33 years. Suddenly. Didn't expect it. Lost my job of four years in February. Didn't expect it. And it's been an interesting ride since then. Made some mistakes, some pretty big ones. They're going to cost some pretty big lessons. But through it, the one thing I'm learning is that I'm still loving myself. That even in the hardest moments, I can still love myself. Brene Brown has been instrumental. I'm going to pull something out of my bra here because I needed to write it down because <laughs> I don't like memorizing. I want to finish with this quote from Brene Brown who uh, has been instrumental in my growth um, because she talks a lot about vulnerability and courage and bravery and owning our stories. We are the author of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft from love, we craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, and courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. Thank you.